Hey, hey, everyone, I'm Dan Whedon, and this is Unleashed the Podcast. This episode features my guest, Elena Imbach. Elena is the owner of Vibe Coworks, a co-working facility in my hometown of Paulsboro, Washington, outside of Seattle. She was the final guest on a video series I published back in June of 2020. You will hear us discuss the future of work in light of the changes triggered by the pandemic. While the original interview was about six months ago, the information is still valid and important. Please subscribe to the podcast and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. We're all over the place. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and now Pandora Podcasts. I hope you enjoy. Uh, I got to know Elena many years ago. In fact, she proposed to me an idea that eventually turned into uh, what she and her husband Marcel own as Vibe Coworks. Uh, this was several years ago. I didn't even know what coworking was. Now I think everybody knows what it is. We're going to talk about how things are changing, especially uh, here as we do this in June of 2020. What what this might mean based on what we're, we've been going through. So Elena, I want you to do me a favor for those people who might be watching and don't know exactly what coworking is. Can you give a, a, a definition of what coworking is and, and how it's growing? Yeah, it's funny. When I talk about Vibe Coworks, I always describe it as being a shared workspace and coworking community. So I describe it that way because I do think co-working, you know, the common definition is it's shared workspace. So it's a landing spot that everyone can come into and find a desk, find a phone booth, find a conference room. Um, and it is all of those things. But I think the, the real strength of what co-working spaces are um, is found in the community, uh, the community of people um, that then combines with kind of that real estate piece. And at least in Vibe, the community of people is very diverse mm -hmm. in industry, in whether they're entrepreneurs or employees of somebody else, in mm -hmm. age and gender. And, and there's, that, that's one of the cool things about Vibe and, and many other co-working facilities, not only around this nation, but around the world, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. In some ways, it's almost a, you know, professional super collider. <laughs> you know, it, it functions. I often tell people it's like a gym membership for your business. So you're not tied into anything long term. It's all either hourly or month to month. Um, and it lets you share space and, you know, rub elbows and exchange ideas with people that are in all types and shapes of industries and at all points of their career, which is also really important. And you came across it because when you and, and Marcel were working in New York, you had an opportunity uh, in, in, with your employer to, to be in a co-working facility. And so when the idea of maybe coming back to the Pacific Northwest came, mm -hmm. uh, you thought about this. Yeah, opportunity for my employer is putting it mildly. <laughs> <laughs> I always laugh that I'm a... I'm the ultimate convert because I was forced into co-working by my employer. I thought it was a terrible idea. I didn't, I thought it was going to break up the team dynamics and I didn't want to carry all my stuff. And I was a firm believer in, you know, our company office space. Um, and when I was finally pushed into it, 
um, I found so many advantages to, you know, like we were saying, being in a room that's mixed with professionals from other industries and backgrounds and expertise and so much so that I'll never go back to a traditional office. And when we decided to make the move out here, um, you know, coming from New York, there's a co-working space on every corner. Yeah. And coming out here at the time, there was um, one co-working space that had been open for a number of years and one that was just opening. So we felt like there was a lot of kind of room to create the type of co-working community that we ourselves were looking for. And today, I know just in, in the county we're in, there, there's so many more, aren't there? Yep. Yeah, um, I think, um, I always kind of lose track. I think there's eight or nine, depending whether you include Jefferson County. So there's lots of options here in Kitsap now. So here's my question. Uh, I know, well, I'll start by saying, I know during the current phase as we stand today, you haven't been able to be open to your members to be able to come in physically into the office. Is that correct? That is incorrect. We oh, are open. Okay. Well, um, are. We're, we're not staffed and our doors are locked full time. Uh, um, but the way that we work, even in non-COVID times, our members have 24-7 access keys to the space. So we actually did a survey right as things were starting to shut down. Firstly, to ask how many of our members own work for or are employed by an, a formally classified essential business. Um, and just over 30%, it was like 30, 30, 31.9% um, were essential businesses. So, you know, as it fell through, we were actually classified as critical infrastructure and mm -hmm. we were able to keep some of those companies running, including um, several that work in food security. So Great. those needed to come into this space have been able to do so. And we've been encouraging anyone who doesn't need to, to stay home. Well, perfect. That's, that is great. I'm, I'm glad to know that. I'm glad I, I stand corrected. And what I think we're seeing through all of this is that with all of the companies who have had to go virtual, they've had to send their employees to their homes uh, to start working. While many of them will go back to a traditional office situation, this has, I think, brought to the attention to a lot of business owners, hey, we, we're it's kind of you said we can still be dynamic. We can still uh, we can still get a lot of things done. We can still do things face to face, but we may not need somebody to come such a distance, maybe, or we might be able to hire somebody who works across the country and still be able to do that. H has this pandemic accelerated what we've already started seeing with the whole concept around co-working? Yes. <laughs> Definitive yes. I think I knew the answer to that, but, I, but explain. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I was, um, I was reading something the other day that was saying, you know, for so long these last years, as people have been talking about commercial real estate and office spaces in particular, they've always described co-working and flex workspace as like X single digit percentage of the entirety of that sector. And um, this, what I was reading, they're basically making the argument of like, this will be the sector now. Like all office space is going to become flex workspace as a result of this. Um, and we're seeing, you know, even companies that were strict non-remote work companies have been forced into it now. And time and time again, they're finding that actually it's highly effective. It can be done. Their teams can manage it. They're not losing productivity. Um, so they're rethinking, you know, overhead costs. You know, why are we paying right. for this gigantic office space if we could instead pay a monthly membership to a space only when we need it? Um, we're seeing, 
a lot of, you know, the, I don't know if you've seen it these last few weeks, the word de-densification um, has been spinning around a lot and companies basically- That's hard to say. Say that again. It's what? De-densification. Okay. So, um, you know, companies looking at how do we reduce the number of people in our office at any given time? How do we reduce the number of people trying to get into an elevator in a building at any given time or getting onto public transportation? Um, and that's partly in order to be able to maintain the six foot rules. Um, but part of it is increasingly also security. So, you know, before I have my entire, say, 200 person team in this one office space, somebody gets you know, test positive for coronavirus and suddenly I could lose my whole 200 person team and my whole office and my whole business goes down. Whereas if I have de-densified and I've got team A, B, C, D, and E all spread out, at most I might lose team A, you know, for right. a time. Well, but I still have some consistency with the rest of my team. Yeah, and Elena, it doesn't even have to be coronavirus. It could be the flu because, be we, yeah, I mean, it, it could be anything else that spreads. And we, we know that, uh, uh, a lot of times even back to school and, and then uh, into that winter time, the flu and other types of things happen. Uh, so what you're doing is you're, you're really, you're talking my language, you're spreading the risk. You, exactly. you've, you've minimized it by spreading that risk. So all of those things really bode well when you're talking from an employer standpoint. You really have a lot of advantages from the employee standpoint of why it's in their best interest, perhaps, in addition to distance, but why it might be in their best interest to be part of a co-working uh, community. Can you talk about that? Ah, where to start? Um, <laughs> I think for a lot of, you know, a lot of the folks that have been with us here over these last weeks, the number one thing is commute time. You know, I get, in, in a lot of cases, three to four hours each day of my life back. Um, that I can spend with my family or pursue hobbies or, you know, commit to my work. So that reduced commute time is a big one for those that are normally commuting. Um, there's a major, you know, I have to pull it back up again, but we in, included in the survey that we did at the beginning of the shutdown, we asked people, you know, do you feel happier? Do you feel more productive? Do you feel healthier? You know, what is it that these co-working spaces mean to you? And it was a, definitive yes on all of those things that people um, when they're able to choose their own schedules when they feel like they're trusted and the flexibility that they have um, when they're able to bounce ideas and not be isolated at home um, they're much happier working in co-working spaces talk a little bit about then that community of, of uh, the diversity of people so you might be you might be employed by uh, you might be employed by somebody out of New York, right? You might be, yeah. you might be working from here as an, an employee, yet you get to see entrepreneurs mm -hmm. who are solo practitioners, solopreneurs who are working there. You might run into uh, other small business owners who are working from there or other employees. That, that range of knowledge and skills and networking has, has a, a positive effect as well. Hugely. And it's, and often we find people fall into more than one of those categories. Right. So even of the folks we've had here, a number of them had five memberships before, but they had it for a personal side hustle they were working on. And the rest of the time they were commuting into an office somewhere for work. 
Um, and now they're here for the day job as well. And we, um, you know, in addition to, we have a lot of kind of social things as well to like, you know, what you miss when you're in an office is, you know, the birthday celebrations and just the kind of- and that's actually where exactly where I was going to go. I want you to expand on that uh, because you do, you do celebrate. I'm, I'm a member of Vibe as, as well, even though I work from home. And, I, and you, you give a chance to participate in a lot of social, even during this time, I know you've worked very hard at doing that. The social aspect that can be missed, talk about how co-working facilities are changing that mindset as well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, last year I think was the first time we did a, a year end holiday potluck. You know, we thought, thought super simple thing, you know, it's like every office does this at the end of the year, you have a holiday potluck. And we had people came back and they said, you have no idea how much that meant to me. I've been working remotely for years and it's been 12 years since I've had a company holiday party. Wow. You know, so something as simple as like, bring your favorite kind of chili and we'll gather around the table together has a lot of meaning for people. And, you know, during the stay home order, we've shifted all of our events and programming online. So we have, you know, anything from a morning coffee connect to a virtual happy hour to more work specific things like work sprints. Um, but one of the traditions we've had here for two years is that on the third Wednesday of every month, we have what's called waffle Wednesdays. And in the morning for an hour, we break out the waffle irons and anybody that comes in gets a waffle. Yeah. And uh, last month on our internal Slack, somebody wrote like, Oh, you know, the stay home thing is so sad. I just got a calendar reminder for waffle Wednesdays. I miss that so much. And then this whole trail kind of ensued of everyone of, you know, oh, I miss my waffles too. Me too, me too. So we kind of sat down for a minute and said, well, why don't we deliver waffles? <laughs> <laughs> so we made here in the kitchen, we made 84 waffles and we had a delivery team of three that went out um, on Wednesday morning to deliver everyone's waffles and syrup to their house. And there was something, um, you know, there's a definite morale boost. And something really uniting and being like, all right, we're all here in our home offices and, you know, all the struggles that everyone's juggling with right now with you know, family and home and work and learning. And yet we can all share a waffle still. And that's something you just don't find in, in traditional offices. So let me ask you this. You guys are unique in that. You, in, in Bill, this, that was part of your vision in doing this. I can't believe, especially some of the large corporate uh, co-workers, I, I can't believe that everybody takes that type of community mindedness. Is that something that you see growing in, uh, in, in co-working facilities? And should that be something that someone who is considering a co-working facility uses in the basis of their decision? I think um, I often tell people, you know, co-working spaces are like restaurants. In essence, they all do the same thing. They all serve food. Um, but each of them has a little different environment, little bit different menu, little bit different clientele, and you go to the one that you like best. And I think um, we are unique in that the sense of community here, people often tell us, is unlike anything they've ever, ever experienced at other co-working spaces. Some co-working spaces are complete plug and play. You don't talk to anybody. You know, you remote yeah. in and then you sit down and do your thing and you're gone. Um, others like us have very strong kind of social communities. So it's a matter of finding which one you click best with. Um, we also, we did kind of, you know, cause we're interested also like beyond the socialness of it, like what, what helps you move your business forward. And so in included in the poll we did, we asked people, 
you know, how often have you referred another Vibe member? How often have you partnered with another Vibe member? How often have you hired another Vibe member? And over 50% had referred another Vibe member. Over 36% had partnered with and over 13% had hired. Yeah. So especially, you know, that's, that's been, a, I think, a strength and asset to co-working spaces from day one. But especially as we're looking at kind of COVID recovery and like how do you get your business off the ground again and moving forward again, those networks are really important. So finding a co-working space where you have both the social community and the professional community that helps you is essential. So in the last four or five minutes that we have, I now want you to put your, your uh, get your, pull your crystal ball out because <laughs> we want to talk about the future of work. The future of work is, was clearly changing anyway. And as you mentioned, and, and I agree wholeheartedly, this is accelerating how employers, whether you're a Fortune 500 company mm -hmm. uh, or whether you are a small business, it's changed everything and accelerated it. How do you see, even let's just use the next five to 10 years, maybe the next decade, the 20s, how do you see things playing out with how people will be working in, in our country? I think you're looking at co-working. I think yeah. people are going to be choosing to work closer to home. Um, I think you're going to see a big shift in kind of suburban and more rural areas where they were, you know, commuter cities. I think are now people are going to be able to do the work that they love from the place that they love. Right. And that's going to be supported by employers. Um, I think you're going to see in the same way that employers have increasingly paid, you know, transportation pass for a lot of their employees. Right. I think you're going to see employees covering the co-working memberships for a lot of their employees as a, as a benefit or perk. And I think for those who are not employees, for those who are entrepreneurs and own their own businesses, the flexibility that co-working offers in terms of, you know, not being tied into a long-term lease. You know, you might be a one-person, two-person team, but then having the collective, you know, professional and social support of a much wider community, you know, you can't put a price on that. Um, and you don't have to mess with, you know, you, you walk in here, you get a membership and you don't have to worry about any of your utilities, any of your furniture, you know, it's here. You, you're set up and ready to go on, we're on fiber, fiber internet, which around here is a really, really big deal for a lot of companies being able to be successful in this area. Okay. So to end off, I want you to, obviously this is, could be watched by people any, any place, but talk, I want you to talk a little bit more about Vibe Coworks, not in, in addition to having members that, that work there, you also have conference space. You have a new you have a new location in Bremerton. I want you to share a little bit of that. So so kind of wrap up a little bit more outside of being someone who might have an office or a space mm -hmm. as a member. What are some of the other cool things that your co-working facility offers? Yeah, so we have um, two locations now. We opened the one in the midst of the shutdown. Yes, you did. <laughs> um, the, our Paulsbo location is the largest, and we've got three conference rooms of different sizes here that are all rentable by the hour. Um, so obviously right now, you know, it's probably not recommendable to have a large group or team in here, um, but you can rent a room and have that be essentially your 
private office for the day if that's what you need. Um, or we've had some people that set it up and they might organize to have all of their client meetings in one day and they essentially use that as their office and sanitize it between each person coming in. Um, so those hourly options are really handy. In Bremerton, our new location is called The Spot. And that place is really cool. It's kind of the ultimate quarantine location of sorts. <laughs> it was designed and intended to be an offsite retreat space for teams. Um, but very much with the idea that you were completely tuned out and away from everyone. So it's unstaffed. Um, it's remote keyless entry that you are the only one that has the key for the time that you've booked it on your mobile phone. And you have everything you need in that room and it's clean before and after each use. And then you log out when your booking time is up and you're, you're out. So right now we've actually, um, because we anticipate that, you know, we're not, most companies are not going to be bringing in full teams. We've actually reduced that pricing um, through the end of the summer to make it um, usable also for individuals that might not be ready to come into a shared work environment like we have here in Paulsbo. Um, but you can book online or through your phone and use the space for the day and know that it's completely clean. Well, I can see something like this, the spot also becoming something that accelerates is that ability to keyless entry, go in, do our thing. We don't see anybody else. We, we do whatever it is we're doing and, and then they're off. So, well, listen, I, I want to thank you very much for being a guest on my first season of Unleashed with Dan Whedon. I'm, I'm so happy to have you here. And it's a really great wrap up to what we've been talking about this season for both employers and employees. Uh, as we go out, I, how do, how would I, I'm going to have it obviously where people can find it, but how would people get a hold of you to get more information about Vibe Coworks? You can go to vibecoworks.com. Uh, you can also go to vibe-spaces.com. All right. Well, Elena, thank you very much. And to all of you, that wraps up season one. I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, we'll have season two coming back out in December. Until then, please be well and, of course, be unleashed. <laughs>